0: Listen in as we address your financial concerns and provide helpful solutions to put you on the path to achieving your retirement goals, your money, and your plans in perfect harmony. And now, here is The Big O' Money Show with Bill Altman.
1: Welcome to another episode of The Big O' Money Show with me, Bill Altman, here from the Premier Advisory Group right in Omaha, co-host Tony Shore with me as always. Welcome, everybody. Thanks so much for listening. We have had a wonderful week. It's been, it was cold and snow and now it's going to warm back up. What is going on? But you know what? If you don't like the weather here in Omaha, you'll wait a day and it will change. (laughs) Hope y'all are doing well. That's so true. How are you doing, Tony?
0: I, I'm doing great. You know that Bill, I'm in a good mood today. I've had my 60 cups of coffee just so I can keep up with you on the show today. And I'm feeling good. I am excited uh, for this time of year because of family, a little more time spent with family, take a little time off work around the holidays. That's always fun. And I know you're busy this time. End of year for financial, uh, you know, a financial services professional like yourself has got to be busy because everybody's scrambling to, you know, figure out their tax situation before the end of the year or, you know.
1: Right? Well yeah, and I had lunch with my good buddy last last week and he and I asked him he's a he's actually a big deal. We were eating we were eating at uh DJ's Mike Binger? DJ's dugout. Not Binger. He's not so much a big <laughs> deal, but he might think he is. But no, regardless, Mike Binger chief money management. But regardless, uh no, he this guy that I had lunch with is actually a bigger deal than that. And I said, "Where? are all these people at? Like, where did the workers go? I mean, how long are we going to be talking about this? This week, we had U.S. jobless claims reach their lowest level since 1969. Weekless jobless claims fell to 184,000, the lowest since wow. 69.
0: That's unbelievable considering all the help wanted signs out there. And every, every business person I talk to or
1: their company can't find workers. Do you remember when President Trump was uh, running originally, and everybody said, ah, "If he gets elected, we're moving to Canada." You remember that? I remember. Did they that. finally go? <laughs> Maybe they. Where, did. I mean, literally, what? Where are all the people? I don't know. It, it's weird. And the Build Back Broker Act that that is passed on one side, so we'll see if it passed on the other. That is is going to extend the child tax credit and keep putting people keep getting money deposited into your account. We get like this monopoly money that keeps getting deposited. That's probably keeping people at home. I mean, when you have l- the lowest level of jo- uh, weekly jobless claims it, since literally in decades, why are we still pumping money into people's p- people's accounts that don't need it? I'm just curious. I'm asking for a friend. Maybe Mitch
0: knows. (laughs) I'm asking for, well, I'll tell you what, Bill, that's the question I've been asking is, I think a part of it is the stimulus money. They pumped so much stimulus money out there and not that I'm complaining about the stimulus money I've gotten. I mean, I kept my job, but apparently that has affected people's wanting to work or I know there's a lot of different scenarios. I've heard one thing is uh, a lot of people uh, left jobs in businesses where they had to go to work every day in a physical location, like retail, like the food service industry, to get jobs where they could work from home, or I don't know. I mean, I've heard a lot of different ideas posited about this or or said about this, uh, put up there, put out there. And, uh, I don't know. I don't think anybody knows exactly why we have so much, um, you know, jobs. There are so many jobs available and not enough workers to fill
1: them. You know, I think we, I think, we set expectations of wages. I mean, I don't, you know, we have minimum wages and they're like, Hey, the standard minimum wage should be X. I mean, shouldn't the free market determine that sometimes? Like I understand you have to set some parameters and everything, but you go into certain places and you know, right, right off the bat that that person probably doesn't deserve that $15 an hour wage. And I'm, you know, it is what it is, right. But I mean, your service is terrible or something like that. And of course, on the flip side of that, people are way underpaid in certain positions. I mean, look at our educators, look at certain healthcare positions, and it's exact. just massive yeah. gaps between say a PA and a doctor you know hundreds of thousands of dollars of gap between the two and yep. there's been close to as much education done on both and I know there's more responsibility on one side and I'm not saying that there shouldn't be but there are those massive sure. gaps or the the educational side of these, you know, teachers, instructors, and in, and in, in whether it's elementary or middle or high school, you know, or, or maybe even college, I don't know about that side necessarily so much. But on the other side, they're, they're kind of paid peanuts sometimes. And you'll wonder, yeah. you know, and maybe people are like just throwing their hands up and they're saying enough, enough is enough. I don't know. Yeah. You know, and, and maybe they're not I don't, doing I
0: don't know either. It. But I, I agree with you that for certain positions, Bill, like you're pointing out what I feel you're saying here is for certain positions like healthcare or the people who are educating our youth. Uh, these are important positions, and people in healthcare and people who educate youth. And I'm going to add one. Uh, you you want to talk about the lowest paid people who have one of the most thankless jobs, but important jobs, the long term care healthcare workers who take care of memory care patients or seniors. When they can't take care of themselves, they're CNAs. So a lot of healthcare workers. You made a good point there. Like the, you think the difference between a doctor and a PA is bad. And my son's actually studying to be a PA. As you know, he's going to go to PA school. He graduated with his four-year degree, and then he's going to go to grad school or med school to become a PA, a physician's assistant. But the difference between that level, or you know, nurse practitioner and a certified um, CNA a certified nurse's assistant. And those are the people that get the elderly in and out of bed, help them go to the bathroom, clean, you know, people who can't, who need to wear diapers, they clean them up, they help them shower. That pay is basically minimum wage. Right. And, and, uh, and I'll tell you what, uh, they wonder why the level of care in these facilities isn't, is no good. And they can't find workers. My wife is a recruiter in that industry. She's, a, she's actually the director of recruiting for a big uh, a company that owns a number, it's a nonprofit, um, it's, a, it's a Christian company that owns a lot of uh, care facilities, assisted living facilities, and they cannot find CNAs willing to do it because it's a tough job, number one, and number two, the pay level is not there. And we should be paying teachers and healthcare workers should be at the top of the pay chain And the people doing the tough work helping our seniors should be paid more so the level of care is better. I've always said that about like the VA program. Our vets deserve the best care uh, of anyone, yet the VA hospitals sometimes they're understaffed or they're not paying well. So Uh, they don't get the best care.
1: Yeah, I mean, mean, it's absolutely nuts. We have more than 10 million job vacancies here in the United States, you know that? More than 10 million vacancies. So like you say, these CNAs, we pumped, we gave them so much money during the Rona pandemic, right? We gave them so much money and they're like, well, hell, I made more money uh, sitting home and hiding yeah. than then I do going to work. Why would I go? I'm going to try to find something else or I'm going to try to figure something else out. I don't know what's going on. Or maybe they just moved to Canada. I don't know. Maybe they did. <laughs> maybe they did. Don't know. Don't know. Uh,
0: I think that's just something people say when the other party gets in office. But yeah.
1: uh, maybe people uh, are rethinking their voting, too. I wonder if they're starting to rethink based on every all the craziness going on right now. Maybe they're trying to wonder... Um, If Brandon necessarily was the right person to hire or not, I don't know. Maybe they are. I'm thinking, I'm thinking that is it because it's not, it's not great. And there's a lot of money that constantly gets spent. And I think there is a, there's an ongoing concern for the economy. When you have this type of the 10 million people with 10 million jobs available in the U S and we can't hire anybody, that's a problem. It puts a huge strain on our economy you know,
0: like, yeah, it really does because services are affected and that's, it's affecting
1: the supply chain.
0: It's actually what's causing an, inflation. Yeah, and, and how uh, the about lot, these
1: ports? The ports are closed yeah. and we can't get ships into, into LA. What? Cause people don't want to work. Well, there can't be any other reason. Come on now. Yeah. They're sitting there. Well, the, why, the why prod, is and it? a
0: lot of it's sitting in at the port, but they can't get truck drivers. Oh, there's, BS. Not there's so drivers. many
1: truck drivers out there. It's not even funny. We, we, Werner trucking right here in them. Omaha. That's crap. Yeah. Those truck drivers are lined up for miles outside of those ports. They can't get those ports in. Uh, they can't get those ships in because they don't have dock workers to get these, get uh, the boats going on. It's crazy. We have so many tri- truck drivers. Truck drivers are compensated well. It's a great job. Dream job. Dream job of mine. Someday, retirement, going to be a truck driver. Be fabulous. See the country. Deliver goods and services. Be wonderful. You know, but I tell you what would have happened. What our president should be doing is she should be out in Los Angeles meeting with all the different uh, uh, heads of labor out there for the different industries and saying, hey, guys, we got to figure this out. We got to figure it out. How is it going to get done? What are you going to do? What's the next step? Why isn't that happening? What's going on? I don't know. Why, why is there such a supply shortage still? I mean, we have uh, I think everybody can say this virus is is fairly under control. Can can we can we say that? I think so. I I I mean, they keep
0: saying uh, they keep saying there's flare ups in certain areas, but it appears this new strain is a lot more mild. The symptoms are more mild. So it's it's more like a really bad
1: cold. So yeah, it's weak. It's weak. It's it's exactly what it is. Weak sauce. It's weak sauce. You know, and and, and, and the the African physician, South African physicians actually said that originally saying, hey, we're seeing it, but and we know it's there, but we're not admitting people into the hospital for it. We've been told this and then it comes here and then it's like, oh, the Omicron, you know, the, you know, it's going crazy And, and, and then the markets got slammed and then, and then this, this is hilarious too. Earlier this week, there was a report on the radio that said that we had, that markets were still going to be struggling because of the Omicron virus. They are the variant, the markets are still going to be struggling. And this is weeks after it's been reported that it's not there. We're not seeing any serious illnesses or side effects from it. Right. You know, it it is what it is. We can go on and on and on and talk about the craziness going on. But the bottom line is we do believe that we're going to continue to see this volatility and and, 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 and these build back better or broker or whatever people want to call it. Can this money keeps getting pumped into the economy but at some point it's going to have to be paid for. Right.
0: Yeah. And that leads us to taxes, right? It does. Is,
1: is the, yeah. Yeah. You know, and you got the tax side. So what now, what do you do? Right. So you got, you have taxes, you have you know, look at Nebraska, geez, you know, you have close to 7% uh, uh, state income tax. You have, your, of course, your federal brackets, you have Property taxes completely out of this world. You got the Obamacare tax on investment income, another 3.8%. I mean, when's it stop? And then where can it go? <laughs> no, but question. seriously, though, where can it go from here? And then what do you do? What, what does a really hardworking person do? that has accumulated wealth, right? And 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 everybody's definition of wealth might be a little bit different, right? But well, sure. Whatever yeah, that everybody's means.
0: situation's
1: different. Yeah. But let's just say that you have accumulated, you're a business owner, you have a, a good amount of money. And then it's like, well, how does this pass on to the next generation? You know, how does all this, does the government deserve 50% of anything over the standard exemption? Do they? I don't believe they do. So you're telling me you work all of your life, your, your family farm, Tony, your family farm in Worthington has to be worth a pretty yep. penny, right? It has to be. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And then all it of a sudden, all of a sudden uh, that passes to the next generation and the government steps in and says, I want half of it. And then what do you do? Does grandpa Bob have a few million bucks sitting in the account for you guys just to stroke a check to the, to uncle Sam? Nope. Usually no. farmers don't. Usually they, no, don't. they don't, that's right. He does. No. Most time they don't. Exactly. My family didn't yeah. either. So if that were the case, when my dad and, and, and brothers and sisters inherited the farm from my grandma many, many years ago, right. When If that were the case, they would have had to literally sell the farm immediately to pay the tax bill. So who do they sell yep. it to? They sell it to big corporation. They come in and buy it for probably less than what it's really worth. Right. But, yep, but they do, you know, and the family has this money, but the family, a lot of times a lot of times, these farmers they don't necessarily care about the the green dollar, right? They care about the the brown dollar, the dirt. And you ask yeah, people well, what they yeah, did. Yeah,
0: my, yep. yeah, my dad. You know, my as you know, my grandpa Bob is a hundred and he's doing well, but he is slowing down quite a bit, especially this year. And so, you know, they're 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 looking at that, and they've been thinking about this for a while. And the problem is with the new laws that they want to pass, uh, and the situation we're getting ourselves in. If he passes, uh, my dad, uh, they want to keep the farm in the family, obviously. It's been in the family. My grandfather, who's a 100, was raised on that farm. My father was raised on that farm. I was raised on that farm. Our house is there as well, my grandparents' house and our house. So I was raised on that farm. We got generations. It's actually a homesteaded farm. I mean, they homesteaded it. Uh, all those years ago, the shore, it's a century
1: farm, right? Sure.
0: Absolutely. Yep. It is. It is. And the shore family has been the only person on, you know, the shore family has homesteaded that land. So, um, do they, after all this time and all that history, because of a stupid law that says we're going to tax that sale, uh, you have to pay taxes on it. If you don't buy a new, you know, it's crazy. The law that says they would have to, pay X amount of dollars, we would have to, my dad and his siblings, his sister and brother, they would have to sell the farm to pay the tax for sure.
1: Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Yeah. Criminal. Criminal in my opinion. It is criminal. You know, so what do people do? And that's where we come in to say, hey, how can we set up your estate to bypass legally, of course, all of that, or some of that, yes. or how do we figure it out? How do I figure out how to keep the Shore family farm in the Shore family without the Shore family to work farm it
0: yeah, yeah. You, know, you have yep. to work with a financial services professional like yourself. That's the bottom line. Uh, you don't want to get into those situations where you have to sell your business or your family farm. Uh, because of th- something as dumb as taxes. That's right.
1: right, and right and people might say, "Well, heck, right now, you know, there's a say I'm just gonna I'm using round numbers, but close twenty five million dollar standard exemption for a married couple for federal estate taxes. That's all." that's a big number. But what we do know is those numbers change. Those numbers aren't always guaranteed to be the same. And there's nope. been lots of threats to decrease that number substantially yeah. or get rid of the stepped up value for capital gains. When you pass a stock or a piece of real estate or whatever it is uh, in today's law, if I were to inherit, let's say my parents' house, and let's say there's a hundred thousand dollar gain on it currently right now, I would not be responsible for taxes on that gain. Okay. It's stepped up. It's called right. stepped up valuation, stepped up basis. So stepped up in
0: basis. So you step yep.
1: up that basis. Right. And and yep. then I'm good and I get to inherit it and blah, 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 because my parents, I mean, the, the money that was used to purchase that home was originally taxed. Right. And so one of the benefits, um, in the economic world in the United States uh, to invest, right? one of the benefits to invest in stock in real estate is you get certain tax benefits, right? Without those tax benefits, people might say, Oh, not interested, not interested. I'm not interested in in owning it because there's no benefit to me for to own it. Right. In the long run. Why would I, Yeah. why would I take the risk of owning it? Why would I take the risk of everything that goes along with it? Right. And the illiquidity of farms Plus or real double estate, or
0: triple taxation. Of, you know, it's just nonsense. And, and, and so the step up bill. The point here is, is that step up in basis rule that allows you to, if you you inherit a home, you don't have to pay taxes on it. That's called step up in basis. If there's a hundred, or if you sell the house and there's a hundred thousand dollars profit, you don't have to pay taxes on it. But right now they're talking about eliminating the step up in base. They are.
1: Absolutely. And
0: and that's what would hurt the family farm. Uh yes. That's what would hurt people inheriting homes. And it's like, oh, you know, this is only going to affect the really rich and they can afford it. No, that's not. That's not how it works. No, no, no. The people really think, rich well, are going to get
1: around it, Tony. The really rich are going to get around it. You and I both yeah. know that it's going to hurt. 1% the
0: 1% are going to get around yep. it. What it's going to hurt is the middle class, as it always, always does. does. And the upper middle class, the middle class bears the brunt, yep. right? And the upper middle class, uh, the 1% I'm not so worried about. And we have safety nets, uh, for those that fall behind and, and, and it's the middle that pays for everything. But the problem is, is even though my grandpa's farm might be worth a lot of money, it's not the, it, the money isn't actually there. They want the farm, not the money. That's exactly And right. so the, the government says, well, you inherit a farm that's worth this much money. You can now afford to no, you can't. No, nope. because it's not like the farm is necessarily bringing in uh, millions of dollars every year to pay those taxes. It's not Or even close. And so or even
1: close. That's right.
0: So uh, I don't understand the thinking there and how the
1: politicians could be that stupid. Uh, um, that corrupt. They would, how about that? How about yeah. that stupid? I don't think they're stupid. Yeah. I think they know exactly what they're doing. I think it's pure corruption. Yeah. I think it's pure I mean, corruption. But
0: for them not to have the foresight of seeing what that'll do to our fabric of our country if they start hurting, I mean, it's already, I mean, it's the control. family farm, the family farm's already been decimated yeah. by stupid laws and things. That's right. Uh, and uh, and they just want to, I mean, if they want to completely do away with that, agriculture is the one thing that our country really led in. Uh, I mean, we've led in a lot of areas, but agriculture, were huge. Uh, and I just don't think they should just. I they got to be careful. I, I just think as a country we're making some bad decisions. Well, it's a control we're deal, about, Tony. It's a control
1: yeah. deal, and, yeah. and the more control that they can that, that they can maintain, the better. And so if the family farm can get bought up by, say, you know, Conagra Land Management, I'm making a company up. I don't know if that's a company, but they get bought up by some huge corporation, right? A huge corporate farmer, right? if they can get bought up with that. And then that huge corporate farmer is obviously in bed with the government, right? The big corporate corporate, right? The little guy isn't right. The little, the the little guys flying, let's go Brandon flags. I mean, I mean, this, this is what it is. So how do we do this? We can use certain tools. We can use certain tools to, to get around this. So we have one that's a grantor retained annuity trust, a grantor retained annuity trust. It's a way to pass gains outside of your estate to the next generation. Really cool deal. You can have, we can have one year terms on these, we can have 10 year terms on these. And people say, well, is that an annuity? Nope, it's not an annuity. Um, What it is, is uh, the government basically, or the IRS says that if you, did we talk about this last show? I don't think so, but we can have, you can have a one point point. you like, I answered your question. I answered my question for you. (laughs) Welcome to the Bill Altman show, everybody.
0: It's your show, no Bill, Lord have mercy. and I didn't—I didn't have the answer for you anyway. So. Fired up, you
1: got me fired up today, <laughs> man. Jeez. <laughs> But this, so this GROT, GROT is the acronym. It's a grant or yep. retained annuity trust, a very powerful wealth transfer tool, perfectly legal. Actually, one of these uh, spending bills had it in there to to try to get rid of it. It, it, but it got, you know, some of the pork that was, that was eliminated out of the bill, you know, so we get to keep this for the time being, but, let, but so let's just say, you know, your you're higher net worth, right. And you have a, a million dollars or so that goes into a two year term on this grant or retain annuity trust. Okay. And the, the, the IRS says that the, after the first 1.4%, that's the, I believe the current rate, 1.4.17, something like that. After that initial rate, the rest of the earnings passes outside of your estate. So you can wow. pass the rest of the earnings to your beneficiaries completely out of your estate right? So we're starting to move money outside of the estate because we've had good market years and we, we expect actually some more good market years. We expect markets to continue to drive to grind higher. Uh, uh, it, it, crazy the way this works, but let's just say you had a 20% year in the market. So let's say your grantor retained annuity trust was invested in the S&P 500. And let's say the S and P 500 had a 20% year, and let's say the, the rate is 1.5%. So anything after the first 1.5%, right? Anything after that piece is passing on outside of your estate, you do not have to use your federal tax exemption for that piece. Okay. So 18.5%. Passes on, so you get one hundred eighty-five thousand bucks that passes outside of your estate and is never included in that original exemption. Wow! It's a wow. very, very powerful wealth planning tool. That's awesome. Yeah, it,
0: and if people want to find more about that, uh, find out more about that, they just need to contact you. Now we're out of time for today's nope, show. Nope. It flew. <laughs> I'm not done yet. I know you're not. And here's the deal: what we're gonna do is. For our listeners who are listening on the radio right now, uh, you're listening to an edited version, but to hear the full version and to hear everything Bill has to say today, you can just go to the website. The full version will be up there, and you can subscribe as a podcast. The podcast has the full episode. So, Bill, what you're talking about here is uh, ways to really Ah, uh, maximize uh, inheritance, minimize the tax burden. Is that what I'm hearing? That's
1: correct. Yeah, and, and for all of our listeners, I just want to make sure that you know that it is Margie Altman, my mother. Her seventieth birthday this weekend. Uh, oh, yesterday. Yeah, yeah. Seven, the big seven zero. So happy birthday, wow. Marge, in Arizona.
0: Wow. Yeah, she's living the dream out there in Arizona. Is what she's doing. That's
1: right. And the big O dot com, our Big O Money com is where you can reach us, where you can find all these podcasts and episodes. Uh, so again, we'd love to see you here in the office. We would love to talk to you. We'd like to help you with your tax planning, whether it's Julie Moeller on tax or Bill Kaiser on Medicare, myself on investments. We're all here to make sure that you have a specialized team surrounding you.
0: Yep, exactly. So go to bigomoney.com. That's just big and the letter O, money.com and then click on the radio button and uh, you'll be taken right to where you can listen to the shows or click on Apple podcasts or Spotify there to subscribe to the show and see every show we've done, pick out the topic you need to hear about. So Bill, great show today. Give the phone number where our listeners can call to set up that
1: no charge consultation to talk about this. Sure, Tony. 402-557-6730. Again, 402-557-6730.
0: All right. And to hear the full episode, make sure you go to bigomoney.com. Thanks, Bill. And that does it for today's episode of The Big O' Money Show with our host, Bill Altman. Thank you for listening to The Big O' Money Show. Don't pay too much for taxes or retire without a sound income plan. For more information, please contact Bill Altman at the Premier Advisory Group call four zero two five five seven six seven three zero, 6730 or visit their website at